Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. It is September 28th, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes. It is the day after, and on Fridays we do cross-platform discussions. And joining me is uh, Michael Cruz of Politico. Michael, where do we start today? You and I are having this conversation, even as the Senate Judiciary Committee appears poised to move ahead and push through the nomination of of Brett Kavanaugh, but what a hell of a day. Where should we actually start? Let me put it this way. How surprised would you have been if I would have told you at noon yesterday that the Senate committee would go ahead and have a vote? Would would it would in fact push for a a quick vote on this? Uh, I might have been surprised. Um, Then again, I I don't know that this is all that surprising given what we've watched in the last however many weeks uh, or even however many years and decades at this point. Um, it, you know, it, it, it really doesn't surprise me that. Yeah, so we, nothing surprises you anymore. You're, you, you're, you're in that, you're in that jaded mode of like, okay, we're, we're, we're in hell and might as well just, it's got and, to and I, off. and I, and I hate that, but uh, <laughs> I'd be lying if I said anything different. Right. Yeah. Well, there are so many things that have been written and said about all of this. Um, Looking back on it, I mean, I'm convinced that we will be talking about what happened yesterday and today for a very, very long time. And by long time, I actually mean decades, which is very unusual since we have such short attention spans. But but what? how do you think um, the events of this week are going to be remembered? What what are, what are the, the one detail that is going to have historical resonance or memory? You know, I'm starting I, off with a hard questions early in the morning here. <laughs> I, let's assume that, that Brett Kavanaugh will be confirmed. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's not a certainty, but fair assumption I'd at the say, moment. I'd yeah. say that's that's uh, the, the chances are greater than in the other way around, right? This, and that means I have to buy Rick Wilson a bourbon because I bet him the other way yesterday. So what do I know? You know, I'm not sure I would have made that bet. I know. Honestly. Um, so. Let's back up for a second. This, to me, is why Donald Trump is the president. There are lots of reasons, of course, he's the president the same way there are lots of reasons anybody becomes the president. But I don't think that Donald Trump would be the president if a seat on the Supreme Court hadn't been up for grabs. If I agree with that. If the society mm-hmm. hadn't come in at his request and given him the kinds of names that would satisfy a certain type of conservative voter or a certain type of Republican voter who had reservations about Trump but was willing to put those aside enough to vote for him with the first seat in mind. Mm-hmm. Now, this, of course, is the second seat. And should Kavanaugh be confirmed, it will ensure, in my estimation, it's not only my estimation, mm-hmm. it will ensure that Donald Trump is one of the more consequential presidents in modern American history, correct? Yeah. Because sure. Kavanaugh, again, assuming this goes the way I think we think it will go over the next few days and into next week, will be on that court for decades to come. And, you know, who knows? There's no crystal ball. Lots of different things can happen. But this will uh, swing the court uh, rightward for an in Trump's image for however many decades to come. So at least a generation, a generation generation is 20 years. I think that's, that's, that, that, that's a fair prediction at this point. 
So I think to your question, this is maybe a long-winded way of, of, of addressing your question, how will we remember yesterday? You know, those moments that were sort of most indelible from yesterday add up to the ultimate consequence that seems to be uh, coming to fruition. And there will almost not be a Supreme Court decision over the next generation that will not make uh, us think about yesterday. Right? And we will think about yesterday. I mean, I'm thinking about moments that that, that have you sort of become enduring legends, you know, whether it's the, you know, his chamber hearings or whether it's Army McCarthy or whether it's uh, uh, Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. And and, and my sense is, that even though our attention spans are, are, are shrinking as we as we move into the digital era, that, that there will be moments and that 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 is going to resonate. In, in, and I think your answer is actually probably the, the, the highest level answer. But I also think that we're going to look back on this as a as a really pivotal moment in terms of the Republican Party and, and women. And then it, it's, I, I'm really struck by how incredibly energized and enthusiastic the Republican conservative base was last night and is this morning. They are so jazzed by the. Uh, the the full Trumpification of this process, and it really was. I mean, and just I'm going to interrupt myself here, but I, I think one of the extraordinary things about you know watching the Republican Party has been you know its acquiescence to Donald Trump. It's sometimes reluctant, but but still pretty consistent support for Donald Trump. But yesterday you had that moment where they became Donald Trump. They 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 were mm. channeling his rhetoric, even the conspiracy theories, including Brett Kavanaugh. But it, it is interesting to see you know how worked up they are. I mean, how enthusiastic they are across the board, including never Trumpers. But as I tweeted out a little while ago, a good life lesson, Michael, is Mm -hmm. that when emotions are running high and you are angry and you're not sure of the facts, it's probably not a good idea to make a snap decision. And whatever this looks like and feels like, today, it's going to look and feel very different in the future as as people process this, as they marinate this, as other information comes out, as the consequences that you've described become clear. And, and it does seem like it's going to be a, a moment that's going to hang over, uh, I think, both parties. But uh, you know, just when you thought we could not become more tribalized and the and the bitterness of our politics could not be more intense, here we are right now. Here we are. You mentioned the Army McCarthy hearings. Obviously, one of the stars of the show, so to speak, uh, of that show was Roy Cohn, who later, of course, became arguably Trump's most important mentor. I would say his father and Roy Cohn are the two most important and enduring influences on Donald Trump. And <clears throat> what what Roy Cohn taught Donald Trump, I sort of think at this point, Donald Trump is teaching Certainly the Republican Party, maybe all sorts of political actors, maybe even uh, the citizenry at large. And what the, the, the major lesson that Roy Cohn uh, uh, delivered to Donald Trump, that Donald Trump absorbed from Roy Cohn was deny, 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 attack, 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 fight, fight, fight. When you're hit, hit back even harder and do not stop. Never give in. Do not quit. And that's how you win. And a question that I've had for a couple of years or more at this point is yeah. even louder 
right now? And that, that question is, is he wrong? Is Donald Trump wrong? Is Roy Cohn wrong? Because the lesson that Roy Cohn passed to Donald Trump, Donald Trump passed to Brett Kavanaugh. That's what I saw yesterday. Yeah, I and Brett Kavanaugh will, will be on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And he'll be on the Supreme Court. And that, that, uh, that, uh, that which allowed Trump to become president is allowing Trump to succeed in this respect as president. So at is, least in, is in he the, wrong? It, it, yeah, at least in in this short term. And also, will this now be the tactic adopted across the board, um, not just by fellow Republicans, but by Democrats? So now this thing about the Roy Cohn connection, it is like history is like this flat circle, isn't it? I mean, that we're when, when were the Henry McCarthy hearings? I should have looked this up. 1954, 1955? Four. Um, 1954. I was born in 1954. You're talking about 60 years ago, one of those seminal moments, and it's coming back to haunt us now. 60, sort of, you wonder what, what's, you know, 30 years from now, 60 years from now, when we talk about this particular incident and, and, the, and the long-term consequences. Well, I want to talk about this because I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the things that you see reflected uh, among conservative media, and again, including including uh, you know folks that I really respect and who have been very very consistently um, not uh, Trump, um, but they they are uh, they're sympathetic with with Brett Kavanaugh, and 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 the point they make, which and I think there's a valid point here, uh, and which is that if in fact we assume, and I'm just laying this out as the assumption. That, that Brett Kavanaugh is an innocent man, not obviously completely innocent, but I mean that he did not commit this act, that he did not commit any of the acts that he's been accused of, then he is, uh, then he has been, you know, greatly wrong. His family has been greatly wrong. And it is completely justifiable for him to be very angry and to push back. You try to put yourself in this position. And somebody asked me, well, imagine if you had been accused of these things, what would you say? And And the answer is, I would probably react the way he reacted, but I would hope that other people in my life or around me would say, okay, that's what you say inside. You don't go out and say those things in public, particularly if you want to be a judge. So I understand and can actually empathize with the anger, but what he did yesterday went far beyond what even Clarence Thomas did when he declared this a high-tech lynching. Yeah, He was so... And he's, of course, not the first person to make Supreme Court fights partisan. And I want to make that clear. But the embracing of the conspiracy theories that this was all orchestrated, talking about the Democrats, saying that it was revenge for the Clintons, the reaction to Donald Trump's election. For me, even if you support Brett Kavanaugh, and I have been very sympathetic to him, that was breathtaking as as an abandonment of any pretense of having a judicial temperament. And and it is quite literally, we use this term too much, but it's literally unprecedented. It is. And but but let me ask you, had he reacted in any other way, any way that wasn't angry <clears throat> indignation, would we be talking like this this morning? Would he have earned that tweet from Trump? Uh, extolling his performance. I'm not sure if he had been more measured, more civil. I'm not sure that's what certainly the president and, and maybe uh, Senate Republicans would have been uh, would have been looking for and would have responded to in the way that they have uh, by uh, speeding up the, uh, the, the, the process. That is, a, that is a fantastic <clears throat> question, Michael, but I, I guess I would answer it this way, that it's possible, I think, to have been 
um, angry, emotional, and passionate without crossing the lines that he crossed, assuming that there are any lines anymore. And maybe that's that's another one of these legacies of Trumpism that, that we don't care about the the, the lines. Yeah. Um, so that, that, he, that he could have done it. But again, we don't know. Um, what he did apparently did did work. Uh, although I think this is also one of those things that, you know, while we're all focused on what was in the yearbook, you know, who said what, who leaked, you know, all of these things, this moment where you have a, a, a judge who, and I agree with you, that he's going to be the pivotal judge for the next uh, generation, who so clearly embraced, I mean, he, he almost went like full Alex Jones there for a while. You know, the, the, the cloud that yeah. that puts over him, but also over the court. And here's the other sort of long-term thing that, you know, we're living through a period where people are becoming more and more cynical about institutions. We, you know, institutional decay, institutional distrust. And the Supreme Court has been sort of hanging on there as the one institution that that still, I think, has broad respect, although a lot of asterisks there. Mm. But after yesterday, um, it, I mean, I, I am I am not a liberal Democrat, but if I'm a liberal Democrat, am I ever going to think that that these decisions are made by somebody who does not have partisan bias? that does not uh, have personal animus that in fact is a, is a fair and neutral arbiter. N- not that that was the case, you know, ever, but I mean, wow. Uh, you know, if, if, if I'm not sh- I'm pessimistic uh, about where we're headed. And if I was pessimistic when I woke up yesterday and I'm more pessimistic uh, when I woke up this morning because of what happened yesterday. And, and I, uh, <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was an extraordinary day. I mean, the again, all the cliches that are being thrown out. What a roller coaster! Uh, you know, what you thought the day was going to be at the end of her testimony, which I thought was very, very compelling, very gut wrenching. You had women all across America watching this and in 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 tears. And uh, I'm thinking, uh, do you understand? Do Republicans understand what a moment this is? And, and apparently not. And then everything turned around, at least for them. Um, at least for, you know, for the, the Republican senators and the Republican base turned around by the end of the uh, end of the night. Uh, one of the interesting developments, just to sort of throw it out, that, that apparently is completely irrelevant at this point. During the hearings, they mentioned over and over again that uh, the American Bar Association had given Brett Kavanaugh its highest ratings. And I don't know how many times the American Bar Association was mentioned. But late last night, the American Bar Association came out with a letter saying that, hey, you know, let's not rush to judgment here. We ought to delay a confirmation vote to get more evidence. And as far as I can tell today, not a factor, completely ignored. Yeah, train train has left the station. I sort of have in, in my head the image of uh, a small child with uh, his or her uh, fingers jammed uh, into the ears uh, saying, la, 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 off we go. <laughs> well, um, to talk to me about Jeff Flake uh, and his decision. He um, he has been Are you surprised. Uh, Are you surprised? At that? You know, I I guess I'm more um, disappointed, but I'm used to disappointment. This is this is a very familiar feeling to me. Um, I guess I was disappointed. I was disappointed when this right before we started talking, they had the vote on whether or not to subpoena Mark Judge and he voted, you know, party line. No, we don't need any more information and everything. And I'm thinking. Okay, here's the guy who has been, you know, consistently giving these very eloquent, very principled speeches, very admirable, um, and 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 making points that that I think are are going to hold up historically. We're going to look back, and I think that those will, um, you know, be 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 read with with great interest. But Jeff Flake just can't pull the trigger, can he? But 
I'm not surprised completely because in the current environment, if Jeff Flake voted against a Brett Kavanaugh, his future in Republican slash conservative politics would be over. I mean, this 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 would be the bloody shirt forever. There's no coming back for a Republican, um, a, a even a quasi conservative Republican uh, to do this now, now. Now, could Collins or Murkowski survive? Yes, but not Jeff Flake. So um, I guess I'm not that surprised, but it is. Yeah, you know, when when you when you're waiting for that moment of you know the uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which I think he thinks in his in his mind, and he he's written about that moment in the Army McCarthy hearing, and but he's he's it's he's not the guy. Well, the things that he's said and written that have been, as you say, and as many would agree, uh, have been eloquent and admirable, are also uh, empty. Um, yeah, because of the way he has acted, the decisions he's made. I mean, those are the that. that it's not that what you say and <clears throat> what you write doesn't matter. It does matter, but what you do yeah. matters more. And yeah, you and you and I, <clears throat> we, we we write and we say things. Okay, fine, that's what we do. But we don't have the power to make decisions. <laughs> He does, and that's and that's a fundamental decision. And he does for a very short period of time now. And you know his actions could be consequential. Um, I think it would have been a principled stand to say, look, we we don't know what happened yesterday. We cannot ignore these allegations. Let's just take a deep breath, and you know let passions calm down, perhaps, but also let's get some answers. And and I and I do do think the Democrats. Uh, did behave badly in a number of areas, and I've written about that for the Weekly Standard. But the point that they make about reopening the FBI investigation seems to be very clear. Uh, the the motion to subpoena, you know, Mark Judge seems to be completely legitimate to do this. And I say that as somebody who thinks that that having those kinds of investigations might actually benefit Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wants to be on the Supreme Court. I mean, that everybody's focused on that. But, but I'm guessing that it would be better to wait a week if you could, if there's even the slightest chance that he could be on the Supreme Court with the cloud lifted over his head. So I, I was thinking that there was a possibility that Jeff Flake could be that uh, that voice of reason. I'm not voting against, uh, you know, Judge Kavanaugh, but but let's hold this down. Let's not ram this through the morning after, because I don't know how else. You know, when the, the dust on this settles, I you know mentioned before, I think this is going to look different. And people say, you know, that you 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 went through that that show of a hearing, and then you rammed it through the very next morning. It certainly appears to be somewhat arrogant and disrespectful. I understand that they're thinking that you know, no, we're being strong, we're fighting, but I, the 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 potential for backlash is uh, is epic here. The potential for backlash exists, although I'd say the longer this lasts and the more investigation that's done, uh, the more his chances of confirmation go down. Right. And so from a purely cynical, politically calculating standpoint, I don't know that that. Well, I I mean, let me say it affirmatively doing it as quickly as possible in this way is probably the correct uh, the correct choice, the current, by correct, I mean, politically expedient, not necessarily, um, morally or intellectually sound. I just mean, 
the calculation to to ram it through this morning and in the coming days is probably is probably the right one from a political. Okay, well let me let me let me push back on that because I, I I understand that and at the moment you know you may be right in in terms of the real politique. But let's say that they ram this through, they vote on this. He is confirmed on Tuesday, and on Wednesday the New York Times drops a story about um, some sort of a credible allegation or something else happens after it's all over. I, that, that, that isn't you know. that, isn't that the worst, you know, bleep me possible scenario here? Well, I think worst case scenario is he doesn't get confirmed. I mean, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but, yeah, but they uh, have other conservatives. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, they've decided to, uh, to die on, on this particular hill. Let me ask you one, one thing I, I felt, um, last week that the uh, the the story, and again, I have no idea what the truth or falsity of any of these are. No, nobody knows this. But the, I still think with the bizarre uh, story in the New Yorker by uh, by Ronan Farrow and and, and Jane Mayer um, about the about uh, Ms. Ms. Ramirez, an allegation that that even she was very uncertain about. It took her six days to even remember whether she remembered it correctly. Absolutely no corroboration. And then of course. Uh, the lawyer to porn stars, Michael Avenatti, coming forward with with his allegations, that I actually think that 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 strengthened um, the Republican resolve. That that it actually made it easier for them to ignore Doctor uh, uh, Ford. And you hear yesterday when they're talking about what a disgrace this is and the attempts to smear, you know, if it was just Doctor Ford, they would be attacking her. But I think that they're attacking the poorly sourced articles. That that appeared, and and I do think that when you look back on on how this played out, the, you know the that sometimes the weaker charges lower the credibility of the stronger charges. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, that last sentence, I don't disagree. Actually, I think if the as it as it played out over the last week or so, I I don't disagree with the idea that that the initial allegations from Christine Ford lost a little bit of their singular power potentially mm-hmm. because of because of the others that came forward in in some ways uh, more, yeah. more fuzzy circumstances and so I agree with you that that in some sense offered more targets to shoot at right and 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 i and i think that you're you're they're paying the price for all of this and and just from a journalistic point of view the i I think that the 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 me too journalism has really been so powerful because it's been so it's been so scrupulous uh it's been so well sourced every single story every major story that you can think of you know has uh you know multiple people on the record uh, you know, confirming this, corroborating this, going on and on, you know, sh- showing showing a, a pattern. And that's why that story in The New Yorker seemed to be a a, a, a change in journalistic standards. Now, the, the, the New York Times had pursued the same story. They were not able to get any corroboration. Um, there, I, I heard the, the editor the other night here in, in, in Austin saying that, well, the real difference between the New Yorker piece and the New York Times piece was that the New Yorker had an interview with her, an on-the-record interview, and the New York Times did not. But what he didn't say was, would you have gone with that story? One person who comes to you and says, yes, 30 you know, odd years ago, 
I was a party. I was so drunk. I'm not really sure I remember this. And I have no corroborating evidence. Would the New York Times or any other publication have run this if it was not this particular allegation against this particular man? And I'm really skeptical about that. You know, I, would, you, would you have run it? <clears throat> you know, I am I am in no position to uh, question the work ethic and the ethics of, you know, these fine journalists and yep. those fine publications. Um, so I won't. I. Um, what I will okay. say, I guess, well. is that is that <clears throat> um, really there is some, you know, the ethics of journalism often are extremely difficult. They're a case by case basis. Uh, you know, wrenching discuss discussions with uh, your editor with and with with editors above your editor, and um, you know, hard choices have to be made, and they made their choice, and I'm not sure what I would have done had yeah, I yeah, that's that wasn't. So uh, one of my other theories, and feel free to disagree with this, is that the, um, the, 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 the side, the tribe that loses, uh, I mean, sorry, the, the tribe that wins is going to suffer the most blowback. That right now, of course, Brett Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. It looks like we could be completely wrong. I may not have to buy the bourbon for, 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 Rick, uh, for Rick Wilson. Um, but... Uh, my, my, my guess is that uh, the Republicans will pay a price and they, they apparently are willing to pay this price in the midterm elections because, as you pointed out, this is a generation's worth of control of the U.S. Supreme Court. But so what do you think the fallout will be? What is your what is your gut sense? The fallout will be 1992. Uh, nobody really saw it coming after the the Thomas Anita Hill hearing that it became the year of the woman. Um, and yet women were already angry. They were already mobilized. So. Um, does this just tick off the women who are already anti-Republican or do you think it will have an effect in some of these, uh, these razor tight races? I, I think it will have an effect. What that effect is and the extent of that effect uh, is very much TBD. You know, I, I, I leave my crystal ball, you know, uh, hidden in the closet, uh, at this point because it's useless. And so I think P uh, women in particular are completely fired up heading into the election what, 40 days from now, uh, certainly on the left. My question is, is this going to, you know, in a yin-yang sort of way, fire up women on the right, of which there are many as well? well. I, and so no, I, that, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good question. And in fact, you know, see, had he gone down, I mean, had, had, had the Democrats actually succeeded in blocking this nomination, I think that would have been a very, very high possibility of a, you know, of, of, a, of, of arousing the Republican base. But now I think there's going to be more anger, you know, on the Democrat. But again, who knows? That's that's the problem of prognostication. And those of us who live through 2016 know that that is kind of a that's kind of a, a fool's errand. I, I, I had one. Yeah, I, I just. Yeah. When when it comes to blowback, I mean blowback in the form of public opinion, uh, blowback in sort of cultural noise, blowback in terms of the realist form of blowback, uh, votes in actual elections. I, I I think one of the lessons of Trump's presidency, of his candidacy, of his actually his entire life is, if you're willing to withstand blowback, in particular, 
noise blowback, not numerical blowback, you know, measurable blowback, but noise, if you're willing to withstand that and by withstanding that you gain power, then it's worth it. And so if they gain this piece of power and a significant piece of power and the price is blowback, particularly if the yeah. price is, mm-hmm. is, uh, is, uh, you know, ramped up anger over the next 40 days and then some electoral, uh, adverse electoral consequence, but the ability to, you know, carry on, well, then it was worth it for them. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly the decision that uh, the Republicans have made right now. I think that is exactly the, the, the measure. I did just one random thought here that that watching what happened yesterday with the uh, really fierce pushback uh, by by Lindsey Graham and by the president, by other by other Republicans, I'm I'm thinking that there is going to be a similar pattern um, after the Mueller investigation uh, comes to an end. Uh, whatever happens next year, I have a feeling that this is going to be a template for the way that they will react to any of those allegations and charges. But again, you know what? Uh, next year is another country michael cruz thank you so much for for joining me uh, today and thank you for listening to the daily standard podcast i'm charlie sykes we'll be back on monday we'll be doing this all over again